This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME. No flipping. It's a ter- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. What? Welcome back. Why did that Eddie Deason host the it's show? It's not. A, it's Gary Shanling. No flipping because oh. we're talking about TV. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Laser Time, the Internet's 40th leading pop culture show. Sliding every day, but we uh, can't help but thank our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Like executive producer, Andrew Eichem. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, get some free shows, all that stuff. We do thank our supporters. But uh, yeah, this week's we usually pick a topic, grab some experts uh, and friends, and talk about a pop culture topic. And this week, I wanted to talk about the concept of channel drift. And is <laughs> is this the end of television? Uh, I don't really think so. I just think it'll make a great headline. Uh, and who who is with me this week? Uh, Michael Raparez of Video Game Apocalypse. Oh. And Matthew Allen, also a Vigi Game Apocalypse. Do you and do you know why I wanted to grab you guys specifically for because this? we were available? No, yes, no. I was going to ask you anyway because I was trying to find the people I knew who still had cable. Oh, and yeah, and old. yeah. <laughs> well, let me. If you want the person who still watches cable, let me get Diane. I, yeah, same. <laughs> she's had yeah, enough of me this misses. week. She's had quite enough of me on thirty twenty ten. But yeah, uh, Sarah was supposed to be here, but she couldn't make it. Uh, but to talk about channel drift, in uh, are you familiar with the con- concept of channel drift? Absolutely. Yes. Otherwise known as, uh, I believe I saw TV tropes call it network decay. But I mean, mm. uh, to boil it down, channel drift is the gradual shift away from thematic programming or content, content or a channel's basic identity. And we'll yeah, talk typically ab- in order to widen your audience and try to increase your revenue, ad revenue from increasing your viewership. But that doesn't always end up being the case in the long term. No, and, and and I have never, my relationship with television has changed a lot in the last year. As of this recording, we are, I don't want to jinx it, at the tail end of a year-plus pandemic. Uh, I, ha- I don't have cable. I have Sling, which is like streaming cable, but I lack a ton of basic cable channels, so I have no idea what's happening on your Viacom networks and your Nickelodeons and whatnot. But, uh, I ha- but just going through it, like, this is fucking weird. How did this ever work? How did this concept ever work? It's it, I, I, oddly enough, like I have cable and I couldn't tell you what's going on on the network mm-hmm. because I I often talk to my wife and I'm just like, it's weird that we're paying for cable when really all we're doing is paying for video on demand because no one in my house watch other than sports. Right. There's I never watch anything live. It's just no. I I I'm gonna find a show. Just stream it. I, know, I and time. I have even written down a proposal like, dude, what if Netflix had like a streaming channel that showcased all of their entertainment with breaks in between. Like, oh, you're describing cable, and why would anybody want that? Netflix yeah. just added a, like, uh, just show me anything button. Have you tried that yet? It's horrifying. Like, just, oh, yeah, just to pick yeah. one anything on Netflix based on your interest, and they'll just start playing it. And, like, I tried well, it once, and I'm like, oh, I'll never do that I again. Have kid- the, ki- the kids poison the well with all of my <laughs> recommendations. Hope you like yeah. Trolls. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I do actually. I know. I hear it's not bad, but I, I wanted to examine this phenomenon because, like, 
I think I'm on the verge of canceling Sling as well, just given how like everything's gravitated towards other streaming services. That's the most expensive streaming service, and I like the live aspect of it. And it is a massive amount amount of on demand content. But you basically it boils down to like you have channels, and these channels have like three to five dozen pieces of on demand content. So they're like tiny little Netflix. Yeah, that that's the long game right now. Is basically the channels themselves are almost just brand names that are that are like yeah i've like in these streaming services things like hbo max or paramount what, what's paramount's paramount plus or whatever is is like yeah they now have like these packages of shows from these networks that you kind of recognize like oh that yeah it's it's those three or four pieces of programming like that all of these channels because we've known this for years and years in the back end they're all owned by very few yeah huge media conglomerates right and yeah, so it's they, just like they, they yeah keep, the, the keep, channel itself is kind of just a brand they keep you know? consolidating and I, I think that's that'll be the last i don't think television will go away i'm not predicting that but like the last vestige of it is an aged identity because some of these because of channel drift some of these identities are meaningless that you haven't yeah. lived up to your theme in a very long time and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not criticizing this programming i wanted to get that out there because i understand you got to survive somehow and it, I think it became pretty clear to survive, you need original content. So a lot of these channels when we were little kids started out with like, we're just going to show reruns of cool stuff all day and exist forever. No, you won't. You will not, <laughs> you will not <laughs> yeah. exist like that. And, and yeah, uh, unless your name is Nick at night. It, even that is a little complicated. Cause like I, I, they're, they're like the opposite of channel drift. Cause they, like, they've kept consistent and you can get depressed by seeing what is, I'd looked at the schedule for Nick at night. No, it was TV land. TV Land, which I remind you, is what Nickelodeon would quaintly refer to the stuff at Nick, like the 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 town they were broadcasting from in Nick at Night promos. Do you remember that? Hello yeah. out there from TV Land. It's Mr. Ed time. And right, then we'll show yeah. you Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And then TV Land, I looked almost all day. Everybody loves Raymond. And what's that Kevin James show? I've not Kevin can you don't even oh, know King of Queens King of Queens, King of Queens. yes and like whoa. well I mean that that's a little different though because that's like when you listen to classic rock stations and you realize oh god I'm dying I'm old and dying because they're playing 90s music because that is classic no I, but I, I did mm. want to remind people like when I was watching Nick at Night they were playing Dobie Gillis and Donna Reed and Mr. Yep. Ed and those were all these old 50s reruns that yes. nobody wanted yeah but, the, the, but well but no the, people wanted them the distance Boomers between and above wanted them the and distance between those shows and everybody loves Raymond now is not that far off it's like maybe five years different it's, well, when I say nobody wanted I mean nobody wanted to air yeah. Ah, uh, yes, yes. No yeah. other networks wanted. Sorry, but I, I wanted to examine the concept of channel drift uh, and, and basically channel identity. And please, I understand that we have a lot of young listeners. We're basically going to be making fun of channels. And for older listeners, we're going to show you the origins of these channels and how far they've come, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, some, sometimes it made total sense where like a channel was like a regional, like what is it? WGN was like a Chicago regional thing that wanted to become national. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You kind of have yeah, a brand, it, but it, it's like the, like those are what I filed under super stations like TBS, yeah. which has always been, we're going to fill this with sports and reruns of much more popular shows and maybe occasionally make our own show. They have not changed. TBS has not drifted even slightly. It is still Atlanta Braves baseball and, occasional original content and constant two broke girls and how big bang theory. When I was a little kid, they were Brady bunch and fucking uh six million dollar man in Atlanta Braves baseball. It's the same fucking thing. 
And it, but, but now they have American Dad and they can swear. It's true. That's an exclusive. I forgot. <laughs> and they're about to lose Conan. But uh, I wanted to examine this phenomenon with two funny two, with two channels through one thing. And bear with me, Michael. Wrestling. <laughs> oh boy. Wrestling. There are two cable channels right now that have not traditionally done anything with wrestling that are seeing some of their highest ratings ever because of wrestling. Um, and one of them is Vice's Dark Side of the Ring, one of my favorite shows currently airing right now. Uh, mm. R.I.P. New Jack, I guess. You terrify me, sir. <laughs> I'm not sure how, if you yeah, were even meant man. to live. But uh, but I love the show Dark Side of the Ring, a non-WWE-affiliated documentary program about old wrestling and controversial wrestling stuff that the WWE would never fucking touch because they want to keep a crystal clear Disney image. And that is delivering Vice. Uh, I think it's just Vice now. It was Vice Land. It's delivering Vice its highest ratings ever. But because Vice, I mean, how would you even define Vice? Vice is like... It well, it started as a news network, didn't mm. it? It was it was well, meant to be like exposés and documentaries. Sometimes and they yeah, were, and they, then the founder got sick of it and founded the Proud Boys. Instead. Oh yeah. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's avoid talking about McGinnis. But I think if you had to boil down what Vice was, uh, they're an institution that doesn't pay people very well. I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> Vice is they they're. I would say serious young people. <laughs> serious young people. We're going to talk about gun dealing in Afghanistan, but we're also going to tell you how to, you know, bake an olive loaf with marijuana. Like that that's always been vice and that kind of shit will always be relevant. They're showing wrestling, it doesn't a wrestling documentary series. It doesn't seem that's relevant to my interest as a young old person. That's relevant to young and old people's interest. It seems perfectly relevant for for uh, Vice to do. And for, I think because Vice is establishing itself as a channel based on a brand identity and not a content theme, it can last forever. And if you haven't seen Vice, you know, try, you got Action Bronson hosting uh, cooking shows, 2 Chains hosting Look at the most expensive everything, which was a laser time episode, and I've asked for no money from Vice. But on the other end, uh, if you haven't seen, A and E has resurrected the biography series <laughs> for really? the next eight weeks exclusively for two hour, elaborately, elegantly well produced documentaries on wrestlers. And I'm like, oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that makes sense. But as they dig into like Roddy Piper and Booker T, I'm like. Shit, this is really weird. <laughs> not, yeah. not only is it weird because the WWE network essentially dissolved, but I but I also think it's strange yeah. in a streaming world. I'm not asking Michael to be interested in any of this wrestling content, but Good. WWE essentially <laughs> walled off its wrestling content in a place you would never discover it. You yeah. wouldn't you would never Well A and E in particular is really weird because when we were kids, when it was debuting, it was like it was like the paid version of PBS. Like we we wear Pride and Prejudice. We we show ballet. It's 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 very artsy fartsy. Yeah, it's in the name. It stood for the Arts and Entertainment I, Channel. That's and that's. I have a promo. It doesn't. It doesn't tell you as elegantly as Michael just did it. But it, you can, it was the channel when I was twelve that I would watch if I ever wanted to be bored out of my fucking yes. mind, but not watch golf. It was hoity-toity as shit. It actually, I think. It was Nick at Night. It debuted in the nighttime portion when Nickelodeon stopped broadcasting children's programming. Um, but hold on, I'll get. I just. I want to. I don't remember what this promo sounded like. You can't hear much. This is the Arts and Entertainment Network, a presentation of First ABC on CTV. It's a. 
Yes. Oh yeah. Pe- people who watch that definitely smell their own farts. Yeah, they love was, the smell. Of their own it farts. was it was symphonies. It was televised plays and operas and documentaries yep. on long dead European filmmakers. Um, and I should have put it in. It's another. This is one of my favorite episodes to plan, but I think I'm gonna have to chalk it up to like when I did that episode about mergers. You didn't notice. Uh, it is a merger. It was launched in 1981 as a joint venture between the uh, ABC and the Hearst Company. You know, we all watched yeah. Mank. Oh, um, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, the it, guy it, with the castle. It, mm-hmm. it, it it launched, and get this name, the Alpha Repertory Television Service. Do you get it? Can we acronym this? Wow. Right? Well, okay, yeah. It is, yeah. And what does that acronym come out to for anybody arts. who missed it? Arts. <laughs> arts. And it, Artsy Fartsy. In 1984, it merged with the Entertainment Channel. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, that's an acronym for what? <laughs> <laughs> Elegant, terrifying. No, I I, I misspelled my, the second letter of entertainment. Good <laughs> lord. Um, but yeah, it initially focused on fine arts, the fine arts, and documentaries and dramas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in where we are now, like I think they resurrected the biography series a few like in 2017, but it had been off the air since like 2012, despite being so popular at one point on A and E. It had its own channel too. None of us should remember. Michael and I were working together on video games twenty four seven, and back when this happened. But it became like the FYI channel. Uh, but it, there, yeah, there used to be an entire channel of biographies because A and E made so many of these pretty well produced two hour documentaries on uh, pop culture, political figures. Um, yeah, they could put a whole channel. But again, that channel right. drifted away, literally decayed into nothing. But A and E now, if you look at it, it really strongly brands himself as the crime and murder channel. It is the true crime channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think true. the last time I paid attention to them, it was what the, all the controversy around duck dynasty that's theirs, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. And even that is like 10 years old. We'll get into it, but yeah. that is like saying MTV no longer plays videos. That show has not been on the air in like a decade. That's like saying MTV no longer plays reality. Shows. MTV no longer shows pregnant teenagers. What, Wait, whatever happened? I'm just reading this. Did the art arts network it shared its channel space with Nickelodeon in I, some markets? I just told yes, it was Nick at Night. Uh, essentially, oh, oh, okay, it's Nick at Night. Okay, it, it was Before, it was because well, I, I was I was looking at. And I'm actually like when I think of A and E, I was like, is this related to Bravo? And I guess Bravo would have. Yes, because that's another one that's had channel drift. Like that would have been a competitor to A and E back, and yes. it was supposed to be the fine arts, like a fine arts network. Yes, it's I, Bravo. I believe, and I was going to save it for later, but why not now? Bravo launched in 1980, and this is a promo from way back when. Whether your tastes run to the modern or the classic, you'll call Bravo's September lineup a work of art when we present star-studded film premieres. A brand new weekly treat for the young at heart, culture for kids. Classic films from the great directors. Psycho. And exciting specials. Ballet. (laughs) And if you're familiar with Bravo at all, it's because you watch Real Housewives or you've looked into where that woman yelling at the cat at the dinner table meme came from. Well, well, the thing that really, really kicked off Bravo's change, I mean, reality TV... It's weird because like I feel like reality TV is gonna be the cause for a lot of these channels when we talk channel drift, but like the big reality series that, that put Bravo on the map was Queer Eye for the straight guy. Yeah, like, I think so. I think you can attribute there. Being like, yeah, we are and then Andy Cohen basically runs that network now. Like it's and, just and, and like if you, if you can believe channel. it, like that literally came out of like Bravo being like the fine arts channel, being yeah. the first channel mm-hmm. to be comfortable, like, yeah, we'll have a whole like a gay centric show. Why not? We know yeah. our audience. Uh, they're they're either they're either cool with it. They're either cool with it or very gay. 
And <laughs> we'll de- we'll de- and, and look, I wanted to I wanted to save that one for later, but let's take a tiny little break. I hate that I did this. I remembered a Bruce Springsteen song. I heard him performing on SNL. 50 I've never looked it up. I never knew the name of it until I researched this. 57 channels and nothing on. And he sounds exasperated and like disgusted with the media landscape and I'm just like, how do you feel now, Bruce? Yeah, 57 like, would be you would do you know how much co- content I have access to and can turn everything on and find nothing worth watching at the same time? <laughs> you know what? Uh, it makes me feel powerful. Like it makes me feel like Superman. You know how he, how he has to tune out most of the world because he has super hearing. Yes. That's me with my cable subscription. Yes. It's like no, I, I'm just going to refuse to watch any of this. I will. I will never learn what the pop channel is, no matter how many Emmys <laughs> Shit's Creek wins. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna close out with that song very fast because I. Know Never wanted to play a Bruce Springsteen song on this show. It's just all I could think of. And we'll be right back after the short break. Man came by to hook up my cable TV. We settled in for the night, my baby and me. We switched round and round till half past dawn. There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. Folks, you might have heard us talk about Manscaped and the importance of male grooming before. Well, now that summer is upon us and the clothes are starting to come off, it's more important than ever to give yourself a little boost of confidence and look your personal best by taking care of some of that stray body hair, some of it down there. Since it's so hot, you might even want to trim things a bit shorter than usual. And when you do, take it from two guys who have learned the hard way, more than we care to admit, you want to be sure you're doing so safely, especially when trimming the hair down there. And that is where Manscaped can help. It may be a scorcher out there, but it's time to bundle up in here. With Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, a.k.a. the GOAT of ball trimmers. GOAT! Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold on to your goodies. Their fourth-generation Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunctional on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Not those delicate holes, you sickos. Your ear and nose holes. Uh, once you're done grooming, you seal the deal with Manscaped's delightfully scented liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Bowl Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then, after trimming the lawn and whacking your weeds, give your beach balls a boost with Crop Reviver. There are few things as refreshing as a little spritz from the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to another level and get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME, one word, LASERTIME at manscaped.com. 
Escape the shrubs and the weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah. Olestra. We were just having that conversation because my girl is a little younger. She's like, you ever hear about Olestra and anal leak? She's like, yes. But it's not exactly. Yeah, we lived through the nineties. Yeah, it's not exactly yeah. what you think, because like whatever sugar and fat substitute is in everything else does the exact same thing. Just like mm-hmm. Michael said, people weren't conditioned to like. No, this didn't mean to go hog wild in your stupid oboises or whatever. Yeah. Let me pop open a Crystal Pepsi and tell you about the nineties. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's sort of like you know prunes are unpopular because everybody thinks like, oh, you bite into a prune, you'll get instant explosive <laughs> diarrhea. I wish okay, that was the case. No, it's just it's just fiber, man. I it's wish just... that was the case. That to me is still a good bowel movement. Instant diarrhea. Yeah, <laughs> it's whatever gets it out for the day. Uh, but yeah, sure. Whatever else, because remember, like a couple years ago, like man, have you guys seen what happens if you eat a, a pound of these fat-free gummy bears? You totally shit yourself. I'm like, yes, yes. You, you just will, ate a pound of gummy yeah. Bears. It's like <laughs> yes, that this will absolutely happen if you eat a pound of mostly anything. Yeah, I don't want to wish that on anyone, but. You deserve it. Eat a a pound of a crab. Watch what happens to your asshole. It'll be astonishing. We'll all back up and line up around you like it's fireworks. The crab will just become reconstituted (laughs) and and your your ass and then just we'll we'll snip at you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Uh, of course, every uh, Gen Xy early stage millennial will recognize that uh, because they have to. I never heard this song organically. I had it presented to me in every MTV documentary it made about itself and, and told me why it was important. <laughs> At MTV yeah. 1984. Famous. I'm not going to avoid the elephant in the room. I wanted to get it right out of the way. It, it's the biggest. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. biggest example of this. Yeah. And it's 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 sort of unfair. Just because, like, that was, um, just because at, at that point, obviously, there's no internet, like, music videos had nowhere to fucking go. They were, I think you could see them sometimes at, like, in little blocks after, like, SNL at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, stuff. I had no idea, like, what, what, why were music videos even filmed in the 70s? Like, who was watching that and where? <laughs> well, I do, I do love that. I have, uh, but MTV starts in 1984, and it is strictly music television. It is music videos all day. Somebody... I believe put on Vimeo or Daily Motion um, the first four hours of MTV, and I was just like astonished because it's like it, it doesn't start out with like it starts out with a video killed the radio star, but it's also like a Pat Benatar and a really weird song by the fucking Who, but it's very not Who ish. But whatever they were doing in nineteen, oh, you better you bet that's a great song. I, I just do better you better you bet. Is that the song? I don't fucking I, I don't yes. remember. Like it, it was yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of it's well, I mean, right before that it was She Won't Dance With Me by Rod Stewart. You know, you know, that trendy hot Oh, so you look yeah, every song you know, after Rod the Buggles, like none of this became a hit or a long standing hit. So like yeah, how how's that for influential MTV? But MTV was when you talk about channel drift, yeah, it shifted from showing music videos and it did so pretty pretty quickly, actually. 
and like into like remote control. And, and, and when I think about gr- me growing up, I'm a little young in 84 to be watching MTV, but my favorite shit about MTV was, wasn't music videos. It was always Beavis and Butthead and Liquid yeah. Television, The State and Tom Green and Jackass and, and all I that mean, kind of stuff. I was in middle school by the time a lot of that stuff was on. Like yeah, it, all, all the stuff in the 90s and the... Yeah, I, I think MTV's transition, like, it is the notorious one that people always kind of make fun of, like, oh, there's no music on music television, horror, <laughs> horror. And I'm like, well, I, f- I feel like they found a sweet spot, though. Like, yeah, MTV really became a lifestyle brand. Like, it yeah. was meant to be like, yeah, this is the stuff around music, and it's young people and lifestyle. And they found a sweet spot that eventually they just completely got away from. But I, yeah. I did feel like their 90s lineup, it made perfect sense. And I love that it was like, if you wanted music videos – at the time, it was on MTV Two. You know, it's like, yeah, we have this now, channel. Oh, don't that get is ahead of me. Because that, that, yeah, that they, they, they quickly went away from that. But it, because <laughs> the music video thing, there was always music videos in the morning, always music videos at night. Channel ran all day, and there was TRL in the middle. Like up and for like twenty years of the show's existence, it still embodied music. It now when it has the music awards, <laughs> I do want to say like, under what authority? Like, like <laughs> you haven't spoken to music all year. Why do you? Uh, why now? Why do you suddenly care? Why do you pretend? And, and I call mean, your mother shocked. on the phone. And unlike, I'm shocked they're not hosted by Rob Deerdick, and it's not well, just a clip show of it, like. Here's the thing about MTV. I remember reading in a book, uh, which was a text thing uh, back in college. <laughs> There's a book called Ad Cult USA that talks mm-hmm. about it, and uh, that MTV's key to success, and it used Beavis and Butthead as an example is this idea that you are giving something to a specific group that they not only love they're not supposed but that to have. alienates people outside mm. that group. because yeah basically so the the formula is if you don't like what's on MTV you can tell you're too old yeah <laughs> if you don't like music like the the boomers didn't like the music videos at first <clears throat> Or maybe they did. I don't know. The older generation didn't the, like the it. Music videos are uh, an old, old concept, but uh, yeah. But our, our parents hated, my parents hated uh, the state and Beavis and Butthead. Absolutely. Like my dad canceled MTV because of Beavis and I, Butthead. I was not allowed to watch MTV. Oh, are you kidding? Which, my dad course, loved this thing. My mom left. I would watch it nonstop. Like that was what I would put. Well, I, I, th- I think my dad, we watched, I remember we watched a sketch on the state that was like the, the dancing hormones. <laughs> I, th- I think that was an early one and yes. uh, he thought it was hilarious and then i think he realized like oh this is a sketch about teen sex i didn't I realize think i it, want my it, kids watching this i didn't realize until 10 years after i saw it that the woman is jerking off at the end it like it, <laughs> it is very clear but it was just something i did not get because it was wow. a little sly in how they mentioned mm-hmm. it and and i i loved all that stuff and empty i i i distinctly remember i was watching mtv at my grandmother's house and she just, I see that she just stands in the doorway and is in, is in some kind of shock. And then she goes to leave and she says, Christopher, just promise me you'll never marry a black person. I'm like, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> what was on that prompted that? Like, it was, what, it what was, video? I mean, it was music videos. It was just music that was, that was <laughs> happening. And, and clearly she was, so she something terrified her. She didn't want to make her. She didn't want to make an initial comment like, "Let me just get this off my chest and I'll leave him to it." And uh, yeah, that's that's my and 
I'm not telling you which grandma, so I'm not slandering the dead, <laughs> because I don't remember. Because it seems like something either one of them would have said. <laughs> well, if, if if she said it, it's not slandering her anyway. <laughs> no, but, but, <laughs> Sorry, but that was yeah. but that was the only time and I also ever. Also, you can't libel the dead. So and also yeah, that yeah. was the that was the only time I ever heard them say anything like that ever. It just it, but it, MTV brought it out of him. MTV scared the shit out of old people. It, I, I mean, Michael, I I really like that thing you said about like yeah, it's. Not only is it just appealing to an audience, it is like repulsing because like yeah. I hate Well you to think Beavis it. and Butthead was specifically designed to appeal to teenagers and alienate everyone it was too old for, and that was in turn part of its appeal to teenagers. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, teenagers I hate, loved it in part because adults hated it. When I, when There's I, so much internet stuff, internet culture, that I'm just completely like, that is not for me. And I'm like, yeah, that is that. Like Tumblr even, I'm like, I'm not going to ever be on Tumblr. Well, and Tumblr's then, dead then now, you should right? do your part. And rather than saying, that's not for me, you should make some kid's day by saying, oh, what's this filth that deserves to be scrubbed off the face of the planet? I, I mean, have you heard my character on the show with anime? That's sort of, that's sort of what that is. <laughs> so I remember watching. Never assumed that was a character. I found some episodes of Liquid Television, which I loved. But then, like, uh, you know, if you remembered only for like Aeon Flux, like you don't remember Dog Boy, which is just an mm, excruciating. <laughs> Good lord! Like, how was I ever entertained by that? It is repu- It is repellent to an audience. But MTV mm-hmm. would just air shit like that, and it's it's wonderful. And and I yeah. I, I did I, I got one of my favorite YouTube videos that is a little old. It's on a YouTube channel called Brian and Marie now. I don't think that was what it was always called, but it was a fake ask an MTV executive and a young girl asked, Why doesn't MTV play music videos anymore? And he gives this wonderful three minute, very concise answer. <laughs> Yes, back in the day we earned our brand credibility by breaking new artists, but music videos were only worth making if they had actual promotional power behind them. And the game has changed. Your generation, not the one before you, not the one after you, your generation decided to steal music. And music videos are more worthless than ever before. Puff Daddy used to be able to drive a speedboat through an explosion. At least that looked cool. Now you're lucky if you can make it through some dire piece of shit video without a character checking their hot new iPhone for three seconds at a concert. Surprise, that gaudy, blatant product shot is the only reason that video got funding in the first place. Yeah, just that <laughs> that coalescence of our generation, like, why don't you play a music video? It's like, wow, we really did ruin the whole music industry, or at least MTV, because MTV was built as a vessel to sell physical albums. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. th- that's when we were asking, like, yeah, why do music videos exist? They were commercials. They were yeah. meant to to sell you an album. MTV and, yeah, was round the clock ads. Yeah, it was. They were if very no entertaining. Buying albums, there's no reason to run music videos because they're actually quite expensive to produce. If you, you yeah, know, you remember it by the end, like that. I, watching the Will Smith Miami video, I just remember it had like a three million dollar price tag, and I don't see it. Like it has nifty wipes, which is a really cool thing to say, by the way. Nifty wipes. Uh, but like, why is this $3 million? But now you think of it like, who would spend $3 million to promote one album? That's absurd. But that's yeah. that's how it worked. That's how much money music was making. And once music became fucking worthless, uh, and, and don't, don't think you're not part of the problem if you're listening to Spotify too. You are not compensating <laughs> any artist by listening to Spotify. Music videos did too. And they became, and, and I still, because of the way TV works, can't, I can't imagine sitting still for four minutes through a song I don't want to hear and, and watching the channel. Uh, of course I'll leave. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, leave fast forward something. There was like a whole sketch on Portlandia about this too. Where was like, there? 
the main characters go and like try to hijack MTV to make them play music videos again. And like the chief executive, who's like a 12 year old girl starts yelling at them and calling them idiots. <laughs> Actually. Yes. This, this ask an MTV exec sketch ends when he just staring in the camera. Soon you'll be totally irrelevant to pop culture phased out. Soon you'll get married and have kids develop totally new interests relevant to their survival and happiness. When you want to cut loose for a night out, you'll hire a babysitter check silly old antiquated Google for showtimes and realize no movie looks good to you anymore. Worst of all, your favorite artists will charge an arm and a leg for their comeback tour tickets and they're going to look really old on stage. God damn it. They don't already. <laughs> so you toss out that old chestnut as a hip form of rebellion against the man. Why doesn't MTV play music videos anymore? And here's the kicker. That complaint is literally old enough to drive a car by now. <laughs> Holy shit. I love this is one of my favorite videos and I, I just brought it up that complaint is old enough to drive a car by now this video is 10 years old oh, so, wow. yeah, and, and yeah. I yeah. obviously I don't hear anybody I'm not I'm not making a straw man argument here I don't hear anybody giving a shit that MTV doesn't play music videos anymore there's plenty of places to watch no. music videos but they are yeah, all cheap YouTube. they are cheap and even like giant artists I'm like man that I mean, you got celebrities in this, but it still looks fucking cheap. God damn it. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, so we were talking about like MTV was basically running commercials all day. I don't know how the arrangement worked, but I don't think MTV paid for to produce those no, music videos. They didn't. They were basically had free content, free programming. And if you if you do if you don't remember surprised. like how what their stipulation was when you you air their song there, they, you give them permission to use the song and whatever content they want, which is why they haven't been able to release like the real world or the state. Cause it's packed with $200,000 of mm -hmm. licensed music per episode. That well, but then I same guess with Beavis and Butthead. Is, same with Beavis it's and no Butthead. It's no surprise to me. They eventually transitioned from like their original programming that costs money mm -hmm. to reality TV because they were so long used to like, we don't have any production costs. And it's like MTV <laughs> was a pioneer in reality TV. Like I, I don't know if it's the first reality show, but I, do you think I mean, the real world is one of the first I, big? I think real world show? was yeah, what, like the first popular reality. That show. that are that are cops, or, mm. or like America's oh, Most yeah. Wanted. But like, there's been reality shows for a long, long time. But this like, it did re, uh, real world did like create a genre because I watched that shit so much. And I, yeah, I, I the first few seasons of Real World, I loved. I was mm -hmm. I was invested in those people. Those boring, when I look back at them now, these boring, like, 20-somethings, like, why did I give a shit what was going on in their life? Well, like, also, like, that third season, why did I like Puck? Like, yeah. the more I learn about that guy, like, oh. he's really an asshole. Yeah. I'll never forget, my dad was watching it on, like, my third watch through, and he's like, um, yeah, I still don't know why they kicked this guy out. He seems so cool. He's like, you can't tell? Fucking junkie. He's a junkie. Mm. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Speaking of junkies, remember Jesse Camp? Yeah. Oh no! Did they find him? <laughs> Last I heard, he was lost. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think they did. I think I would have heard if he died. But that's this. I, I love that. Like, um, you know, when I talk about like the chipmunks or something, like the new chipmunks sucks. I'm like, everyone thinks that about the new chipmunks. The chipmunks have always been around. Yeah, you and like they've it. always sucked. Yeah, they've always sucked. You like them when you like music. That's it. That's all there is to I, it. You like them when they you, when still you're young. Out the holiday album. It's a good little holiday. Oh no, album. I'm I'm more of a fan than anyone else. Chipmunk Adventure for Life, baby. Love that yeah, movie. I, I also like that MTV. Like I don't know if you have this scheduled later to talk about, but mm -hmm. MTV started a second Hold channel. On. Let me get to that in one second because I what okay. I did is in a lot of these cases I gathered their schedule often from today, the day we're recording. 
Oh boy. Which could be a random day. So today, ridiculousness. <laughs> All day. All day. All day. Uh, according to Variety back in 2020, uh, the uh, 168 hour block of time, I believe that's like a week on MTV, give or take paid programming. Uh, Ridiculous played for 113 hours of that programming. And they even like MTV tweeted out a picture of their schedule and it just like ridiculousness for a hundred, like 250 hours with like an episode of Teen Mom, Catfish the Show. Uh, and then, but like three whole days in a row of, of just ridiculousness. Uh, tomorrow, uh, they will show ridiculousness and then they will play twice in a row, Big Daddy, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, and then more, cap it off with more ridiculousness. Oh, in honor of like Adam Sandler's birthday or something? I don't know. I've seen them do that. I I don't have MTV. They occasionally give me a free preview, but like even more, ridiculousness at least has an MTV vibe. Grown Ups does not. Grown Ups is not is not in the MTV demographic. Those these are no, the, the it's movie in the twenty years ago MTV demographic. No, it's not even that. The whole movie is about old comedians who it's are grown ups. Old people. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't make any I mean, sense at all. I I'm a fan of Robin Big, and I like ridiculousness. But Rob Deerdick must have he has more dirt on someone at MTV than people have on Lindsey Graham. Like, honest to God, like how does that guy get so much airtime? On well, I, I will say like. Tony Hawk, I think I I met both of these people through video game events. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> He's like very famous, nice as fuck. Rob Deerdick, good guy. Um, and, and 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 ridiculousness, I find it hard not to watch too. What do you? Funny. What, what else are you going to show me? A reality show about people? I'm not watching that. Show me people falling off of boats and and yeah, fake it's America's Funniest Home Videos, yeah. which we which we yeah. loved growing up. So you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. But like ridiculousness is the about the only thing MTV has shown through the entire pandemic. It's very very strange. It's so weird. This is literally the first time I've heard of this show. Oh, you haven't heard of it? I've what? never heard. Of and it. it's very weird. Honey, you said ridiculousness. I thought you were making a comment about the quality of the content. I thought you, like, the <laughs> reason we're doing this show is the meme. Like the meme out there is just people have been posting pictures of the block of MTV programming, and it's all just an orange block of ridiculousness for like an entire week. Yes, it's wild. And uh, and like, but it's like America's Funniest Home Videos, except uh, there are no bird impressions. There's no. Oh, I fell down. Uh, Rob, oh, Rob's some, he does some of that. He does some of that. He's like, oh, look at this dude. He be bugging. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate ridiculousness. He do be bugging, though. He do be bugging, <laughs> be bugging, to be fair. A little bit. Um, but, yeah, as Michael was hinting at, in 1996, as, I mean, I was, like, fully involved with MTV. I was loving all their original programming. Um, they launched a separate channel in 1996, uh, it's a little faint, but I was trying to find a promo for this because it's M2 in the beginning, not MTV2. Mm-hmm. M2. Okay. Local H. It was like it was like Jay Z, Megadeth, and and like a uh, uh, fuck not letters to Cleo. What's the what's that other lady band that I liked? Uh, I forget. Um Jackson's. Uh, but it's, it's that, that was always yeah. What's weird about MTV is like they mixed so many musical genres and formats. Eventually, they would have shows. It would be like mm-hmm. 
Remember that one hosted by Ed Lover and Dr. Dre? It's like here, MTV, here's MTV yo raps. MTV reps. Yeah, yo yeah, here's, MTV here's Headbangers Ball of hard, all hard rock. But like in early MTV years, I remember it would swing wildly. It's like, yeah, here's this hair metal band, and oh, and followed by a pop act. It, okay, it seems, sure, I guess we're doing this. When, whenever I would like, I had satellite radio and listen to the '90s stations. Like, all right, we're gonna hear some Marilyn Manson and then En Vogue. I'm like, this is an impossible mix to to, <laughs> to vibe to. Like, what the fuck yeah. were we doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I liked those early years a lot because like there were no VJs, there were few commercial interruptions. I remember it was just like music video after music video after music video. I never understood because when I saw people making fun of cable, no, most notably with The Simpsons, they always talked about how there were no commercials, and I think there wasn't until they realized they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can yeah. sell commercials. Mm-hmm. On our commercial. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was a big deal when cable TV started running commercials because people were pissed. Like, I'm already paying for this. Yeah. I pay extra to get this. Why mm-hmm. are you putting ads on it? And mm-hmm. uh, real quick, we're talking about channel drift. MTV actually had a VJ drift. Uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier today. God. Chris found an image of Kennedy, a former MTV VJ, is now oh, yeah. a conservative pundit and has been for like 20 years, by the way. She's been doing like conservative talk radio before mm-hmm. her shows on yeah, Fox. She's like, on yeah, Fox Business or whatever. Uh, I, uh, I just under I, her full name, no less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like well, like, she still goes by like I think on her shows, and so people could just call her Kennedy. Yeah, Alternative Nations Kennedy now hosts a very. It, it's so obnoxious. I I remember I learned about the concept of fingering from her on the air, and like a, a rather sh- like the cameraman was throwing his fingers forced perspectively on her vagina. And she's like, welcome to some Monday morning fingering here on MTV. And you can just hear people in the background like, Jesus. Like, did she say fingering on the air? I don't I think we just broke some new barrier. Um, um, and that woman now hosts a conservative business show and surprisingly never knows what the fuck she's talking about. It is. Well, it's, it's funny. It's not even a business show. It's that's it. It's Fox business. Is it? It's not even an example of channel drift because it was never a business network. It's always just I mean, been like we're going to throw our most conservative, conservative propaganda makes yeah. people rich, and that's kind of why they keep investing in it. <laughs> Look up the Koch brothers; they make quite a bit of money influencing oh, yeah. politics through yeah. entertainment. Um, channel, but, but MTV two launched, but like I remember nineteen ninety six, I didn't. There was no way to really get it. You had to know someone with like satellite and digital cable wasn't really a thing, so like you were. At that point, so limited to like 99 channels. And uh, I remember my friend had satellite and I'd go over there and like, wow, these are actually all the bands I now like instead of what's playing on MTV or Limp Biscuits and whatnot. Like, holy shit, it's like fucking no effects. I can watch a no effects video in the middle of the day. Wow. This is this is incredible. And it was 24 hours of music videos. And of course. Yeah, because by then the main station had become kind of that weird hybrid, but a lot of reality TV um, but I, it, that was very short lived though. Cause I feel like MTV two quickly became like, and just another reality. Dumping I think ground. it was, it was, it was in about five years. No, cause they have one of my favorite original pieces of original programming in history. Wonder shows and, uh, yes. wonder shows. And if you've oh, yeah. not seen wonder shows and it's one of the best shows in the history of anything. And I think it's now finally available on Paramount plus a mountain of content. I'm tired of saying this without being paid Paramount. I know we have LA listeners help me out here. So, uh, so was MTV or M2 originally meant to be kind of appealed to more like a punk audience, like a little edgier thing, uh, or was it? I, I think they, they didn't have to adhere to um, just things that were popular. And I know I know for a fact they had like a punk block. And because like, you know, this MXPX song is a minute and 46 seconds, 
great. Like we could we yeah. could show hundreds of these per hours in between fucking surge commercials. And, and uh, MTV Two, I remember I would go over to a friend's house and like ask them to stay tonight just to watch because it was like you had no other way to access not just music videos but fucking songs. These these songs were impossible to like hear. They weren't being a lot of them weren't being played on the radio. If you didn't own them, it was the only place to hear new music. I loved MTV Two, which. So I, I think what happened with MTV and MTV2 has basically happened like four to seven times. This channel now has to have a new identity. I think MTV2, if you don't remember, re- resurrected Crank Yankers. Like it was, mm-hmm. that, that was an original program that they had. Uh, they've, they've had many pieces of original programming, none of which I've seen or are familiar with at all. This this thing has happened to MTV channels, I think, at least four to seven times. We need to break out an original programming. Move all those music videos to another channel that we'll create. And they've done that like five times. And if you have is, like... Is there an actual music video channel now? I, thought, I, I, thought I know I have one on my Pluto TV that like there's like multiple MTV... These are just music videos. We'll play an hour of Foo Fighters. We'll play an, uh, an, an hour of 50 Cent. I, I put it on outside... Um, when we all had to like <laughs> exist outside and I don't have any music. Um, but yeah, Welcome I don't to MTV eight, the Ocho, <laughs> but uh, I looked up their schedule today. Prime time, baby prime time from 7 PM to 10 PM, six episodes of Tosh point oh. Wow. And man. then after that, no pay, no infomercials. Time is split. Fresh Prince of Bel Air reruns and living single. That is, yeah. So three shows all day, and it's just like I know that would occasionally happen with cable. You know, we were little kids, and like they'd run Real World all weekend, but nobody, well, nobody played the same show that much. That like that seems a little ridiculous. Well, they would advertise it as marathons. Like I remember. Uh, Comedy Central would have like mystery science theater marathons and shit, but that was, you knew. No, you just felt like it was because mystery science theater was taking up two hours. They would play the show four times a day and would take up eight hours of time. I feel like, did they do it on Thanksgiving though? There was a day of the year. Turkey day. day. Turkey day. day day. But I mean, like cable has, it would traditionally do that like on the weekends because there's not new programming. They'd play like, yeah, get into our show now. Uh, But, but, Playing Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Living Single reruns in 2021 does feel like wait, why does this exist? And I, I did read an article with a Paramount exec from a few years ago talking about these channels. Like, you know, they still do really well in the UK because like the UK doesn't traditionally pay for as many as much sports as we do. They'll pay for extra entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there's might be a time we got to cut the. There's there was they asked if they were cutting channels and like we're looking into it. And so for the first time in our history, uh, being 40-year-olds, uh, we might lose channels instead of gain them. Because yeah, I think if – there's a, like on Sling, there's a bunch of like um, – what do you call them? Like a Shout Factory TV and like an IFC – IFC's slightly off where they play like the shows they've canceled all in a row. But it's clearly yeah. just like – dynamically inserted ads with really bad ad points, like cut off in the middle of the fucking program. But it's like, Mm -hmm. this clearly needs no one to man the station. If you can just play reruns and have an intern inserting ads, you have an employee base of two to run this channel. Yeah, I mean, they have internet TV channels that are just that. It's like, yeah, anyone can can program Uh, Way more than I thought, like, uh, like at the end of Sling, like a lot of internet channels. And like, that may be how things have to exist. Big staffs. Do you, hmm. 
do you have any info on kind of the network that was always at least to me felt like they were trying to play catch up with mtv yeah vh1 which mm-hmm. vh vh1 is another huge example of channel drift because it yeah it was okay again when when a lot of these channels start they have a clear vision and purpose that actually when you think about it you're like that makes sense. Like VH1 was the adult contemporary, con- adult contemporary alternative. Yeah, to MTV. It was MTV for old people. It was. It's for the only. People. It's the like only way their their original name makes sense. It's video hits number one, like yeah, uh, where you can see basically. If you've never seen the launch promo, it's like a Stevie Wonder and Lionel Richie. Like I want to see my videos because they weren't playing them on MTV. MTV was not mm-hmm. playing a lot of black people early on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. in, so 1985 VH1 launches. It set out to reach an older demographic. I have a disgusting commercial that bothers me to this day with VH1 telling you uh, what they were about in the early 80s. The generation that dropped acid to escape reality is the generation that drops antacid to cope with it. VH1, because you deserve a channel of your own. Get on the phone with your local like cable company and get VH1 on your cable system. Watching, just imagining younger people cringing. Get on the phone and call your cable company and demand they add VH1. I did it with Comedy Central all the time. They never budged. Yeah, hang, hang up, hang up with your stockbroker and call up your local <laughs> cable company. Mm-hmm. That, no, that they, I don't think they knew their demographic because it didn't end up feeling that old. It was like no. more people in their twenties and thirties. By by the time it was like the mid nineties, like there's no difference between these channels. You just play more Cheryl Crow. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is they they were it felt like they were chasing MTV and they were trying to copy them too much. They found a little niche though, late nineties when they had like the pop-up video and all that shit. I'm like, Oh, shit. okay. So yeah. you you contextualize music and talk a little bit about music. That makes sense. Like and, that, and MTV, yes, that's an identity. MTV had unplugged, but VH1 really did. Like if you remember the storyteller series or most famously behind the music, like good show, a fucking yeah. one to two hour documentary about a band. Like I'm like, I don't know the fuck, Leave Garrett is, but I'll watch this. Like, uh, I, I love this kind of stuff. The same way yeah, I watched yeah. documentaries about wrestlers I've never heard of. Cool. And yeah, when they when they told the story of music, like the tri- little trivia bits you learn from pop-up video, I'm like, that's really cool. And it was really a bummer when, like, they just completely went reality TV with, I think, is it Surreal Life was like the uh, there, there was, I just yeah. wanted to mention a uh, shout out to the time in between the I Love the 80s era of yes. the best oh, week yes. ever again mm. contextualizing yeah. music right because a big part of those shows was music i mean all that all that what that was i think was um our first look at twitter because mm. not only not only was it like a hundred like basically famous comedian semi-famous comedians semi-famous. at the time uh, yeah, famous. shout out to hal sparks who just performed shakespeare with my my future brother-in-law uh, at the, wow. the Southern Shakespeare Festival. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but yes, just love that he was performing with Hal Sparks. Uh, met my parents. Uh, I didn't get to meet him. But, uh, but that, that no. just contextualizing the 80s in 140 characters of quipping and and, and uh, dunks. And all those people who were on the show, great at Twitter. You see it to yeah, this oh, day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To this Paul day. Tompkins, if VH1 did not exist, and I love the '80s, like that launched his career, basically. Yes, Michael Ian Black, uh, yeah, like good on Twitter, good on I love the '80s. Jenna Blue Jeans. I remember to, for, to him verbatim talking about He Man. You know, sometimes we uh, come out of the closet when we have the power, 
and <laughs> the fabulous secret powers. Fabulous secret powers. <laughs> uh, it is interesting that, like, by the '90s, I think uh, MTV and VH1 were both owned by the same company. They were both Viacom. Yeah, yeah. they were technically never not owned by the. They were just a joint venture between Warner Brothers and Paramount. So I, yeah, whatever, yeah. I left it aside. And, and for so, for some reason, uh, like MTV throwing shade at VH1 sticks in my mind. Like, did really? you ever see that show Austin Stories? I did. Yeah, it's like a sitcom that MTV ran for a little while. It was really good. At, or at least I remember it being really good. And there was like this kind of pathetic character who in for one episode is like just completely obsessed with pop-up video and keeps talking to people about it and they're like shut up i don't want to hear about it <laughs> i remember michael ian black on the on that one sketch of the state when he's being babysat i want to watch vh1 it's the bruce hornsby weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it definitely had a rep like vh1 people just made fun of and but then yeah they, they Matt, hit their stride you beat 90s. me to it like it was that surreal life and i'm mad because i i remember reading that was called the surreal world and was going to use like the real world logo but instead uh, of yeah. instead of having six strangers you've never heard of we're going to get mc hammer Vern troyer <laughs> china yeah. to live in a house together which i believe i read was for like one week that was like yeah. <laughs> one wow. week uh, yeah, but the, oh, celebrities well, can squeeze a lot of drama. Well, in one didn't movie. didn't Flavor of Love come out of that? Like Flavor, oh, yeah. Flavor, that yeah, yeah, yeah. literally changed everything. Yeah, because uh, I th we we a long time ago, Laser Time, we did an episode about spinoffs and like what's the biggest thing that spawned spinoffs? And I thought it was Batman, the animated series, or All in the Family, but I do believe it's the Surreal Life, which led to Flavor yeah. Flav, which led to Flavor of Love. Which led which to led like to, led to I love New York, I love right? New York, wasn't a show? Who was a contestant yes. on the show, and like all of those shows had like numerous iterations. But then, but like that that first season of Flavor of Love that New York uh, emerged from, kind of taught me something about reality TV. Mm -hmm. It's like there are people who will do exceptionally well if they are willing to play the villain. Yeah, uh, and and she, oh, yeah. I, I think she hung in. She was like they kept her in until like the the final. Uh, throwdown like she was the second to last person and then like the winner was some girl i think her name was hoops who cares everybody <laughs> cared about new york nobody wanted to see her win but everyone loved watching her and so she ended up getting her own show yeah, yeah. well i think the producers have known that since the beginning of reality. even early oh, yeah. real world like some of the roommates are like yeah they, they kind of portray them as assholes like they if someone has to be the heel like Richard Hatch from the first season of Survivor is like the best example of it like he was mm. playing the heel and it he won that season you know it's because producers love that shit because it's compelling television exactly. and here's what you People might watch. not here's what you might not know but yeah VH1 for a little while was defined by like you know what famous what famous musicians from the 80s can we set up with total <laughs> Total awful women. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah their, their brand became more just like we do stuff around music and musicians. Like we're kind of yeah. like a channel that we will feature musicians. Yeah, doing. I think I think SNL reflects. I think J didn't Jason Sudeikis play Brett Michaels from Poison? Like because he had like oh, numerous seasons on V. But whatever. Like um, what I I really didn't know is that VH1 has rebranded itself as like kind of an African American centric network. Hmm, really? If you yeah, I, I love how shocking that is because like. Who has fucking looked at VH1? And, and like, <laughs> but like the, the shows they have on there now are like Black Ink Crew about tattoo artists. Uh, a show I saw on the schedule today, Growing Up Black, Atlanta edition. Um, That's awesome. And then and I think they moved in another 
instance of Channel Drift, RuPaul's Drag Race became so popular on Logo, they moved it over to VH1 so it could reach more people. And Did Logo Logo's had Channel Drift, right? Because fuck yes. Logo. Yeah, it, it's always been the gay network, right? It that, was that's their it was thing. supposed to be the gay network, and then now, like, I mean, the last time I saw it, like, they were airing Roseanne, which is like a as far as sitcoms from the early '90s go, as gay as you were gonna get. Gay? Uh, but, but like, yeah, I, I it's not. Like, no, what? no, I, I was I just read about that while reading about VH1 briefly that like logo. It, it, when when Logo has something good, Viacom kind of takes it and shoves it on another network, and Logo's left like as the spot to like has you know some campy stuff that you know I don't know like Sarah. Yeah, I, I thought RuPaul was on uh, Bravo, but yeah, Logo and VH1, which but we just talked as about. someone with cable, it's like you don't even associate these people with their channels anymore. It's very strange. No, you don't. Well, mm-hmm. well, that's that's the thing is like I talk about like how I I just down you know watch most of these shows on demand i don't need to know the network i just need right. to know the name of the show you know it's it's incidental like like if i yeah. if i was browsing and it's like oh yeah we're going to take you through the networks first i'd be like i have no idea you know yeah, i'm sure because, some people do but that's the, but in the age of dvrs everybody watches by like i put in the sh- name of the show i want uh, now yeah. it's set up to record i'd never have to actually look at this channel or think yeah. about it yeah, and if you have like, and God forbid you're paying for it, you don't even get the ident at the bottom to tell you what you're looking at or like where this would ever air again. Uh, Netflix yeah. doesn't have an ident at the bottom if you if you were watching VH1 content there, but that is the story of VH1. So I wanted to kind of get you guys into a lightning round. I, I figured those are the ones we had the the most personal relationship with, but I wanted at the end of this, like which which channel do you think has drifted the most? Um, and a lightning round of how things have drifted. I, I just wanted to like give a shout out to things that like, I don't think comedy central has drifted that much. Mm. It's, it's changing. No, I, I think it's just that every time that I have tuned into it over the past year, they're pretty much just doing an office marathon. It's the, it, it, I, I am, I've been working from home and I make it a point to, unless it's for work, I'm not turning, I will not turn on the TV before five o'clock. And, but before that it is South park all day and then it's the office from like six to ten to yeah. ten o'clock and then at midnight it's south park until the sun until sunrise and I, I think comedy central did drift at first because in its early years it really was they didn't have any programming so it was just licensing stuff from you know it, it looked like it was going to stand up movies yeah but that's the thing like a uh, comedy central presents is one of the, mo- the longest running shows in the history of cable television yeah. and but then I, once they built up like a nice stable of content for a while there it's like yeah they they were on cruise control. It's like, we're just airing our old stuff. Yeah. It's just weird though, that like, yeah, now they you see why Dave Chappelle's really mad 20 years later. They're things. still paying his show and not paying him a fucking cent. Cause they, yeah. that's what they do. <gasps> but, uh, but, uh, ESP, obviously super stations. I think, um, WGN USA network was, which is not a channel I've watched in years. Still yeah. looks the same. Uh, even though like I was only there for the cartoon express, like, they yeah. were still Has, running. Hasn't changed that. Yeah, up all night. yeah, they're still running movies. Sci-fi, still pretty sci-fi. If you haven't seen Resident Alien, pretty good show. Well, sci-fi is an interesting example of what a lot of these stations do when they do drift. They will rebrand. So sci-fi changed the spelling from literally so, sci-fi to yeah. S-Y-F-Y. I remember I was at the Comic-Con where they bought out one of the cafes to become the sci-fi. It was they were they they still had Battlestar Galactica was their biggest show. And they were yeah. they were just yeah. about to launch a spin-off. 
And but they do that on purpose. It's because they they know sci-fi as a term is polarizing, which is fine. I'm like, it's still pronounced sci-fi. It, you're, yeah. you're still I turning believe people what I read from an executive, because it is very executive-y, is like, we can't own the name sci-fi because it's a fucking established genre. If oh, we change sure. the yeah, name, no, yeah, they we can right. copyright and trademark the shit yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 but up at, like other there's there's one thing, and you guys know me. I hate sticklers. I hate anybody call, me calling this Super Nintendo the SNES. I hate that shit. I don't. I'm not a stickler for rules, but there's something about Sci-Fi Channel running Harry Potter. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like just. Ugh, like just call yourself the nerd shit channel. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it makes sense, but it's also like it's uh, fiction. You uh, got the fiction part uh, down. Somebody should be re- rerunning the Orville right now, and uh, instead you're running uh, the Deathly Hollows one and two. Any science sufficiently advances, it seems like magic. Uh, fine, but remember with sci-fi, they do stretch it quite a bit because outside of Harry Potter, they run Law and Order reruns. That's true, right? and yeah. they had WWE at one point. So the sci-fi thing was an effort to get I away mean, from science. At fiction. some point, I would love to talk about wrestling on all. Cha- wrestling has defined every channel, almost every channel we talked about. It has been on every single channel. It, it's a big get. You know, mm-hmm. even when the ratings are down, like for a little cable channel, like it's a huge ratings thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's one channel in here that has had some drift. Um, Destination America oh, at one point carried like I think it was Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling. And now. it was like it was like a death knell for Impact Wrestling mm-hmm. for TNA to slash Impact. Yeah. No one no one knew where the fuck to find Destination America. Right. But it's there. There is a trend. Destination America is one of several channels, including one that was huge for wrestling uh tnn um that that used to cater to rural audiences because cable tv used to be very very localized at one point and again what we talked about at the beginning of the show is like typically channel drift is to try to capture a wider audience Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah we can't just cater to people from the south or you know regional people and they they try to expand and and cover can't be the nashville network tnn the 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 nashville network i it, it started in 1983 i have a promo from 10 years later and it's just like every every one of our listeners is going to cringe during this this is a promo for what they have on saturday night on t on the nashville network saturday night on tnn Katie Moffat sure sounds downright downhearted on the Texas Connection. You'll find Eddie Rabbit contemplating love on the Stackler Brothers show. Was I ever this fucking old? And then an American music shop. It was a, they started by buying out whatever the Grand Old Opry is or was like buying out all of that content. And yeah, then it's regional, r- it's regional, man. That's running, what I'm yeah, you, like. running, running like these regional country music branded things on the Nashville network. And then, of course, like they got involved in wrestling, and that sort of brought them a bigger audience that none of that programming would sustain. <laughs> and yeah. they had to rebrand in um, 2000 as the National Network or the yeah. new TNN. Um, yeah. And that didn't work either because, like, for people like me at the time with no internet, like you're always the Nashville network. I don't want to watch Alan Jackson videos. I know the Chattahoochee is a great place to jet ski on, <laughs> but, but, and then it had to rebrand completely as spike in 2003 as the yes. all male network. And it, 
it brought us this wonderful clip with its launch of Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. Are you ready for a speedball, my little bumpkin pumpkin? I'm the pitcher, you're the catcher, Ren, and they just fuck with semen flying everywhere. It is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Well, Um, then Spike became like it also because it was like, hey, you're the young, cool guy as I'm drinking Mountain Dew Code Red. God damn it. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, that's where like the Game Awards appeared. Yeah, it was like that that first awful Game Awards with fucking David Spade and Madden NFL gets every award. Yeah, some at some point somebody needs to go find our old episode with Dominic Dierks, a great writer of Workaholics and um, Ash versus Evil Dead, and he talks about right. He talks on our show about writing for the game Spike Game Awards, and it's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard and never seen replicated I, anywhere. I mean, if I tell you about my experience being at a Game Awards, a Spike Game Awards, oh, um, it sounds like fiction. Uh, this was the show where. Um, uh, Motley Crue performed, and so Tommy oh, no. Lee was hanging from the drum set, uh, and they came down on motorcycles, and there were flames going next to the stage. I was sitting three rows behind Stryker, the DJ, who was also the voice in, I want to say, the one of the racing games. Was it Burnout? Was, was Stry- He was an L.A. He was a I local L.A. Know. DJ that mm-hmm. eventually was like a voice in video games. It was one of those. Uh, yeah, it, there was, um, there were strippers dancing on stripper poles to Motley Crue. At one point they'd asked young people of which at the time I was young, please come to the front. So the TV cameras will, and this happens by the way, all the time in award shows is like, Hey, 20 somethings come down here and just, you know, be in the first five rows. So the cameras mm-hmm. can pick you up because behind those people, it's all fucking suits. It's like it's people in their forties exactly. who are like presidents of networks and shit. It's all a bunch of like LA Hank Hills, my word. <laughs> that's, a lot, that's a lot of chess. like a bunch of producers and shit like that but yeah it, this is i think this was the after party where i was at a i saw ron jeremy at at the bar uh stacy keebler was also there at the bar and it was just like the most fucking 2000s thing you can imagine you know? <laughs> i think both those people are in jail now cool uh, uh stacy keebler but <laughs> I, I i my favorite thing was spike lee suing spike network like they know what they're doing they took my only shit one person can be only one thing can be named spike and then uh, volleyball sued spike lee it's like yeah sorry no that's our thing we spiked the ball. Yeah. and 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 spike would uh, like eventually rebrand into be like just essentially a superstation because like god that's a weird era of uh I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about TNA wrestling, but just like well, now, when now they did the have Paramount strippers and gays, right? it, it, it turned in, in 2018, it became the Paramount Network, which was supposed to launch with that Heather show, which was the only reason I was paying attention to its existence. Because yeah. what I saw now, it, it's Bar Rescue, and more than that, the Office reruns all day long. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and uh, yeah. Kevin Costner's, Kevin Costner's. <laughs> Kevin Costner's Yellowstone, and that it makes me giggle for some reason. Like Jesus. when I was a little kid, my mom was obsessed with Kevin Costner. She'd take me to see every one of his movies, and like he's he's been on this channel making this show for years. That I I don't know one frame of it. I have no idea what it is. My wife my wife watched it. I I, I found it like recording in our in our recordings in the DVD. Ooh. I'm like. I'm like, what is this? What, you what wanna, do you watch? Is something you want to tell me? Yeah, is this, are you recording this for your mom? Is What's going on here? Is, is your mom coming to live with us? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it reminds me, you were saying USA Network is mostly movies. They do have some prestige shows and yeah. a lot of 
dad shows. Like they did Burn, Burn Notice, Notice Suits, Burn Notice, Mr. Baby, Robot, that's the notorious one, yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Robot, Robot is the prestige show, yeah, which was a great show that yes. I never finished. Um, uh, I, one of the ones I love the most is History Channel because, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember like oh my God. hat comedians like just, why don't they just call it the Hitler Channel? Like it would, I wish there was a channel that was running World War II documentaries all day yeah. because I would be all <laughs> about that. History Channel was interesting. It was at least, it was like a very like, that's a thing to do in your 20s. Like I'm going to sit here and watch some historical documentaries with my dad. You yeah. know, because he's going to be into it too. I, like, I loved History Channel. Just turn on Modern Marvels for background noise, which is which, which is still on, by the way. Like oh, that's good. Yeah, like because uh, I looked at what was on today, and it is, I don't know, like Ice Road Truckers and uh, American Pickers. American Pawn Pickers today today was all one show, and it's Pawn Stars, which is I've never seen outside of clips on Facebook, but but no no today is actually all one show. Um, which I think when I say History Channel to people who use the internet, it was all 24 hours, one show, Ancient Aliens. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. It was yeah, all Ancient Aliens. today, yeah. It's just nothing. As I was like, Michael's like, do we have notes? I'm like, you don't have notes. Go look at what your cable is running and it'll make you laugh. Because I, mm. I remember a few commercials for a channel then I remember the stop-motion animated BBC America launch that happened in 1998. They say one's cow is a mad. Okay, that's really going to place it in time. It's 1998, making a mad cow comment. A monstrous slur. Oh, boy. They say one's dentistry is diabolical. It looks fine to me. But there's one thing they say which is absolutely bang on. One's television is brilliant. If one wants the best of British television, one gets BBC America. Contact- like all the clips in there are like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Graham Norton and like what you would expect. Like I know there's all this awesome shit on BBC that like I either like at the time you would have to buy for like $30 on DVD to see six episodes of The Office, yes. the Gervais one. Yeah. And like, fuck yeah. And all, a station that's going to bring me Doctor Who day of, fuck yes. That's that, what a great idea. And you look at it now. And I'm not complaining because BBC America is essentially the Star Trek channel. All day long, they run what? TNG and, and uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Probably based on Picard alone, right? Like, well, he's British, so yeah, mm. it just counts. They, I, I, it, I, looking into it, in like a few years ago, they rebranded uh, with Brit-ish, as in to say Brit-ish. Oh Ish. It's a little, but but like we have a NordVPN ad on like the like if you're a BBC, if you live in the UK, you're paying that license fee to watch all these shows and you get to watch them online. It's really hard for Americans to watch those shows without a VPN. Like you yeah. can, like you cannot load it up and watch their entire archive of content. Um, and, I, and, I have a quick one for you that you guys might not know about because you're not big sports guys. But if I say OLN, does that ring any bells? The for Outdoor you? Life Network, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It was uh, what it sounds like. We talk about people catering to rural. It was like, yeah, there's a hunting and fishing show. So you got to tune into OLN. Get your get your Rob's Bass Show and uh, your Bill Dance. Ah heck. Ah, well, heck. and and they appealed to a lot of Canadians. Canadians are outdoors people. Uh, they they picked up the rights to National Hockey League NHL. Eventually, they just picked up more and more sports pro- sports programming. Now they're known as NBC Sports Network. Like, and I think oh, for a while so there, Dan Patrick, the Dan Patrick Radio Show, he kind of has this like Howard Sterney has like the TV show that goes along with it. That's where you would 
you could watch Dan Patrick. It's like, oh yeah, NBC Sports Network. Yeah. I have a, a lightning one for you, Maddie. This this makes me very happy. Um and it it it, it hasn't cha- hasn't changed thematically, but just in terms of content. In today's complex world, it's hard for a family to find entertainment that everyone can enjoy together. Well, there is a cable channel you can turn to and find nothing but the best in family entertainment. Only on the Disney Channel will you see original programs with family participation, like Mouser Size, <laughs> You and Me Kid, and Welcome to Pooh Corner. Don't you just love it? Nostalgic shows like Zorro, Gumby, and the Mickey Mouse Club. Variety programs like Epcot Magazine and for animal lovers, the new animal world. Classic Disney cartoon shows, exclusive Disney movies like... It's so weird because what they were essentially promoting with the Disney Channel in 1983 when it launched was Disney+. Plus. Like there's yeah. there's there's yeah, no kinda. way you're, you're, there's no way you're gonna be look but we know you can't they, afford they led with those terrible family togetherness no, shows like no. you and me kids they were the worst <laughs> mouser size oh my uh, god who wants to I watch mean, that at six a.m. well that's the thing is I remember beginning every day like sitting there waiting to go to school it wasn't mouser size I think mouser size had just ended but there was like the Disney morning like it's such a wonderful morning yeah and good and morning and Mickey. And yeah, good, good morning, morning Mickey. And good morning, Mickey. It's, it's going to be, gonna be a, a, yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. I, Not yeah, like the I'm four not, p.m. show, which was Donald Duck presents. But like, I, so like, yeah, the Disney Channel was a strange. Like it was like, hey, we are this huge media conglomerate. Even at the time, we have nothing. We're lousy with content. We need a place to put it. Mm-hmm. Let's have our own network. And very much like the Disney Channel in its early days was just kind of this mishmash. It of was access to their archive. That, yeah, that was it. it was Disney, different Disney programming. And then and now paid, over the years. No ads. Mm-hmm. Well, and then over the years. That's, that's Chris, the biggest I distinction. I had I, like my my girlfriend's not that much younger than me, but like I was talking to her about the show. I'm like, do you remember the Disney Channel being it was as much as HBO, meaning it, it in 1983, it was twice as much as Disney Plus was is now. And had no yeah. on-demand features of any kind. <laughs> and it, it, still interrupted still things for commercials. Always has. That's still sort of the case where a lot of the time they'll just bundle like a lot of kids' channels together with Disney. And it, it's a huge add-on they, up, I, I read about cost it. to your cable package. They made them stop in 1999. So the, the weird... Again, Disney Channel to me is one of the weirdest things in the universe. They the Disney Channel proper still has no commercials. But the last time I watched it was like, Five years ago, and I forget why, they had a two-minute Just Dance ad. Sorry, Michael. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and But it's not a commercial. It was like two and a half minutes. And then, and then at the end of the commercial, they had to say, Ubisoft and Just Dance are proud to support the Disney network in a way oh, that no other content. commercial has to do. <laughs> yeah, it's that's just native native advertising, as they call it, or branded content. It's it's mm. very because Disney is promo like they they've always had commercials, but they don't have commercials for shoes. They have commercials for like, hey, the Rocketeer is in theaters, or uh, you can. <laughs> these new Disney shoes. They would literally promote their own shit, but so you wouldn't see like yeah. AT&T commercials. They would promote other Disney things that were happening that you yeah. could pay for. And 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 yeah. they would charge you for the luxury. But then eventually I, I will I'll, they kind of split off because again we're talking about it was a big mishmash of like classic Disney like you at night like Vault their version Disney, of Nick at Night was oh. Disney would show old Zorro Vault episodes, Disney. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Vault like, Disney like, is one of my favorite in, things ever. 
Oh, yeah, the Vault Disney was great because it's mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to watch Spin and Marty? Yeah, we got that. We here. got Spin we and got Marty. You want to watch Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea or uh, Peach Dragon? Like we'll oh, show that. What, after yeah, I midnight. used to videotape Vault Disney every time it ran. Like I have just tapes of Vault Disney because I love that you had, shit. Didn't you the thirty twenty ten the last one of the last times I did Acid like twenty years ago? I walked in the house and like they're playing Tron at like one thirty. 3 a.m. Oh and I'm like, this is the best. So I did acid like 20 years later, a few months ago, and like I'm turning on Tron, and and I'm my girlfriend loves the movie now. I don't know why, but and, eventually, like Disney realized, yeah, this is sort of a mishmash, and they had acquired other networks over the time that they just kind of converted to be these specialized Disney networks, right? So mm-hmm. there's like there's uh, Toon Disney, like this is where you're gonna go I, to watch cartoons, right? There's there's a uh, Disney Disney Kids or what's it called? It's it's Disney Junior is yeah. is for like really young kids. And these were all sections mo- in the Disney Channel originally that became yeah. their own channels. Yeah, and- but now the Disney Channel proper is just weird because it's all like, and this started in the night in like late nineties two thousands with like the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and stuff like that or like yeah, that's so Raven. It's that kind of content. It's I like literally don't tween, know where it started because the last it's time tween live action content. It's it, so and weird. it still is. It still is. I looked at the, their their schedule today oh oh i know my 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 kids are all about like oh really Dad, we're gonna watch we're gonna watch zombies zombies 2 this live action weird wow. musical high school mu- they're all like kind of high school musical ripoffs like, that de- the, like the descendants like it's the descendants right yeah huge. it's been almost 10 years since i was at d23 and they were promoting it was after high school musical and it was just like teen beach movie i'm like i love you guys are just basing your movies <laughs> off of search terms. This is this is great. Oh, well, it, does, well now the- it does feel like Disney Channel in the past 20 years is like Nickelodeon in the early 90s, where it's just yeah. like cranking out oh, all this I, forgettable live action stuff. And I was going to yeah. Nickelodeon had had been the highest rated channel for, I think, 20 years. And when Disney made this shift, they're the first people to ever usurp them uh, and take over the highest viewed cable channel. So today was Sydney to the max, which is a young kid sitcom. I've never heard of Raven's home, but that is a spinoff of that. So Raven, a show I yeah. have never seen a millisecond. And, and Raven's of. like an, an adult in yes. that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's weird because remember how she made her debut in entertainment. She uh, was the little girl brought yes, on, little on the Cosby show, show right? yeah. to revitalize it because all the kids were getting yes, too old. They were way too old. It's on for eight years. And, but perhaps for me, the most mystifying on the Disney Channel today, as of this recording, yes, Smurfs the Lost Village. Um, oh, yeah. You make all the cartoons. Why were you? Why are you licensing Sony's terrible licensed spinoff of this? The they, they always did that like, with the, with the network. I, it was kind again. Of a separate I, thing. I had that these written out. I didn't mention it. Um, my favorite thing that ever happened in the History Channel was they played Planet of the Apes in two thousand seven, and I'm like please become the possible history channel that that's something i would watch every fucking night no matter what it was and they, I, I, they've done that several wanted, times like like what earth will look like when the, all this shit happens if dinosaurs oh, came yeah. back um but like i, love that I discovered like life after people i discovered the hobbit planet of the apes on the disney channel like the disney channel had a huge planet of the apes marathon uh with all that's the movies in right. every episode of the television show um, I yeah. discovered those in the That's Disney why channel. you're such a fan. Yeah, yeah a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Good promos. Yeah, they, they, actually, Nick did a similar thing because, like, for a while there, uh, well, there's still Nick Jr. is like for younger fans. And then, like, Nick Toons is like, oh, here's where our cartoons go. But it's so weird because, like, 
you have to really see what the primary, like let's call it Nickelodeon prime and Disney channel prime, like the stuff they run. I can't even describe it. It's just like young yeah, it's, adult programming. It's, yeah. And, and, and kids, kids get it. And I understand that they get it. And I think they just, they, they actually just call it Disney now, which is super confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're old like me, cause like Disney channel is just called Disney. Oh, there was another one that was like, uh, something X or whatever, which was like, their, it, what's that? Jetix. No, no, no. There was a Disney. There was, there was a, it was called was Jetix. Third... It is, it is the yeah, reason no, I remember this. It is the reason most people, a lot of people might think like Disney bought Marvel because you know, the first three Marvel movies are really good. N- no Toon Disney got rebranded as Jetix an action-oriented cartoon series because Disney bought the Fox... Before they bought Fox, they bought their animated series out. So they'd run Marvel cartoons all day on Toon Disney, rebranded the name to the segment. It was, it used to be like the Toonami section of Toon Disney that they'd run X-Men and shit. Uh-huh. That's, yes, yeah, so yes, the, um, the Jetix block from Toon Disney, the thing I was referring to, it's called Disney XD now. And XD was yes. supposed to stand for Extreme Digital because it was supposed to be like yeah. this weird tie-in <laughs> with your website yes. with Disney.com, which Chris and I know used to be go. go. Dude, that's right. Uh, go but there now. Disney go. was what had no. uh, Star Wars Rebels. Go right? to any Disney. Yes. Go to any Disney. It is still go.com. It's still that's, in the URL. It's, they thought that yeah, was so better like, than being Disney.com. We got you know, to put it two letters. We're the best URL of all time. <laughs> and you know, now at this point, like Toon Disney doesn't exist. Disney Junior used to be Playhouse Disney. It started mm-hmm. as Playhouse Disney. So yeah, it's they've they've drifted all over, and then several of their like sub channels have have drifted all over. So and, 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 and I, but now with Disney Plus, they kind of right, and, and I think they don't care. And we're sort of at the end of this. Like, what do you do? When when you unleash all your content for six dollars, how do you? Because part of this, like, um, I've started to pay a little more for no commercials. Have you guys done that? I have not. You mean like on YouTube where you can just like do premium? I, to, I well, yeah. obviously, I did it for YouTube to like help out with production on the show. I've done that. I've been done that for years, but I just did it to Hulu. Um, I wanted to show my girl Thirty Rock, and it. I, sorry, does everyone understand the term inventory? <laughs> like ad inventory like yeah. what they have to sell yeah it's like it's like clearly geico bought a bunch of ads but there's something about when you binge a show and you seen this you see the same like let's say geico ad 45 fucking times to where you can like quote it and like from another room mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. makes me feel like i'm going insane well here's another ad term that people probably won't know that they're supposed to have these things called frequency caps where you're not supposed to see the same ad more than a few times within a certain given hour. And apparently these fucking digital cable networks don't give a fuck about those streaming channels. I'm talking about that. I like Pluto TV and like, uh, the slightly off from IFC that, that plays Brockmire and stand against evil and Portlandia, all these shows I love. They don't give a shit at all. It's like every second in like, you feel like you're going insane after a while. And because like, the, the placement of the dynamic ad is so bad. It's like in the mid sentence of, of the show <laughs> that you just get like, Oh shit, this sucks. I hate it so much. And like, and, yeah. and, and Netflix has sort of ruined me. And I would say us, like I, I really can't tolerate the kind of ads no. that are, or, or over broadcast. It, 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 it's maddening. It, it's so strange. Like, well, I mean, luckily we have our phone to glance down, but yeah, watching sports games. That's the only time I really see ads now. Hey, did we talk about, there's one that, I think merits mention 
the learning channel. Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. I've been I've been waiting for this for an opening to bring yes, up the learning I, channel. I've been looking at it because you want to talk about fucking channel. Yeah, yeah. I am I am looking at the history of this now. Not, founded in 1972 by the Department of Health, Education, oh and Welfare and NASA, <laughs> as, and the, NASA. as the Appalachian Community Service Network. Oh, wow. Information and instructional, and then eventually was privatized and just showed educational programming. And for a long time, I, I, that was I remember their after, like, there were certain things after Nick Jr. shows got canceled, like Sharon Lois and Bram went over to the Learning Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. and it, they couldn't call it the elephant show. God, this is—I feel so old just saying this. <laughs> but, but like, that's where they went. They went to the Learning Channel because the Learning Channel was a channel built around like twenty-four-seven Le- teaching. Learning. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I liked it because learning is fun. Oh, like sure. learning is fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like oh, it was God. connected to Discovery. It was part of this network of educational yes, networks that yes. used to nominally exist, mm-hmm. and now. Like just to you know do some I, I just googled the term the learning channel shows and the order of shows here like it, it's like I curated it to make fun of it. Uh, <laughs> 90 day fiance, my yeah, 600 perfect. pound life, six right. sister wives, outdaughtered, 1,000 pound Out. sisters, Dr. Pimple popper, uh, counting <laughs> on 19 kids and counting, which in the tile is 17 kids and counting. Uh, seeking sister wife, little people, big world, happily or ninety day fiance, happily ever after. All these uh, shows, I'm, I will say, are transfixing. They are some I'm of sure the, the are. best garbage reality shows that exist. <laughs> but I, I looked yesterday, yeah, and TLC. I, I remember when they had like put out sort of release, like we are not the Learning Channel, we are just TLC. Well, yeah, they, it's they, another their one of those new slogans, like since since 1998, is like life unscripted. Yes, and I believe that was Trading Spaces that that started that off because the Trading Spaces was really huge, yeah. uh, and my yeah. girl was totally into it. But just and, an, it's another example of like they literally rebranded to TLC, mm. so that the, the Learning Channel is no longer part of the name. Much like KFC did that for a while, and I think they're back now to to adding to actually having the word chicken in their fucking yeah, name. Fried for a while it was, you don't want to wear a mask. How about chicken that could kill you faster than regular chicken? We're fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, but well, yeah, it's it's uh, it was it was the Learning Channel, and now it's just the reality. Yeah, they have to because like I checked yesterday, and the whole schedule was my six hundred pound life. And I'm not sure how that that image is supposed to be a flattering thumbnail, but like it, it was just like Jesus. Like we had a whole channel devoted to learning. That it's now just, some of those that you is can now... nominally say like, hey, this is like Doctor P- Pimple Popper. Sure, I guess you're sure. learning about skin, but, but it's it's really about the fascination of watching like a fist size glob of cottage cheese coming out yes. of someone's yes. shoulder. Yes, yes. And, and and I'm not I'm not trying to be crass about this because I, I have empathy for people with these disabilities. But this is literally what they used to charge a nickel for at carnivals and yes. freak shows. And, yeah. and, and and it's televised on the Learning Channel. <laughs> well, another one that's kind of similar started off with a very specific thing that eventually just went the reality TV route was Court TV. Like, Court I, that's, TV that's, was supposed I, to be... I had left that off just because, like, Court TV existed before we could stream anything. And Court TV got famous because of the OJ trial. But it, mm-hmm. it was meant to be kind of like 
you know how they have the a C-SPAN, which just covers government, right? It's like, Wait, yeah, you're is, just going to watch government. Is that why our right-wing politicians are getting so fucking circus act crazy lately? Because yes. C-SPAN is trying to do some channel drift of its own. Yes. Well, but like Court TV eventually rebranded more to entertaining True guys. TV. So because True TV, like they were like, well, we can't just run court shows all day long. So True TV meant to be like, yeah, we can just run anything that's true to life. Yeah, court, and they, court they, TV they did have a court focus TV on like wild like, police. Chases. You know, every year we're probably going to have the trial of the most famous murderer of all time. Like, no, that never happened again. It turns out you might have to write some idiots. And, uh, yeah, and, and but now eventually, but for a while there, True TV focused on like true crime and like yeah, these these are cop shows. Yeah, they got away now, and now all of that's gone, and their lineup consists of like prank shows, hidden pre camera shows, impractical uh, jokers. They they show sports occasionally. It's like what the fuck? Is it's True it's TV? weird, and I, I know we have foreign listeners, and I know it gets confusing because like impractical jokers globally is associated with Comedy Central, but here it, they own True TV. That is the network that they started on and they, they run all fucking day. My favorite thing on there, Amy Sedaris at home, by the way, really presents itself as a, nice. uh, a true, but it's also the woman from trades of the candy. So it'll ruin your home makeover show. It's fantastic. Uh, and, and the one I wanted to close with, cause it, it just makes me giggle and this, and it makes me cringe with this promo the same way. Um, the, uh, the same way the VH1 promo made me cringe, the Family Channel. The Family oh, Channel yeah. was mm. was basically the, one of the oldest channels in cable or satellite history. It begins in 1977 with a Christian broadcasting network who has been allowed to operate tax-free and uh, go over the airwaves. Literally promotes its movies for days at a time. It should be illegal. God damn That's it, I hate it. By the way, Pat Robertson's network. Yes, Pat Robertson's mm. network. Um, and, uh, and I, I think in the, uh, 88 or 90, they were like, well, let's put the, the CBN family channel and we'll start licensing some older shows. And then in 1990, it's just the family channel. And it was like all day game shows for a long time, but no objectionable, objectionable content. They, they had that Zorro show that was pretty yes. good for a while and, and the weird maniac mansion show, they, which had nothing to do with the game. Did. They did. They had the maniac mansion show from Canada debuted for Americans on the family channel. And then in 1997, Fox bought it and became the Fox family channel. And that's when I remember really loving it. Cause I'd wake up for school and I'd watch Pee Wee's playhouse and Bobby's world shows. I thought in a world with no internet DVD or streaming, I'd never see again because, but to me, are, are brilliant shows worthy of celebration. I love both those shows. Mm -hmm. And then ABC uh, bought it a few years later, and in 2015, <laughs> they just decided, like, sorry, in the meantime, I do want to give a shout out to the Family Channel. I love their 25 days of Halloween and Christmas. I love, they theme the whole, they don't have a good theme for the rest of the year, but for Halloween and Christmas, they're like, yeah, we're all Halloween and Christmas stuff, um, including the old Rankin-Bass stuff, stuff that doesn't air on networks anymore. Mm -hmm. And in 2015, they, they just decided, fuck it, we're calling ourselves Freeform. They literally branded themselves with no brand. <laughs> like, yeah. we will air whatever we want, whatever we think you'll watch. And um, from what I hear, some of the original programming on there is like some of the best that's <laughs> out nowadays. Uh, you're you're skipping a few things in here of like, <laughs> so for a while there, the channel was under the Disney fam, the ABC family brand yes. label. Like it was, it was it Fox. Was it, it was a Fox family channel. And then the ABC family channel. 
Yeah. But then it, then they, they tried to rebrand it XYZ for a mm -hmm. while. And, but there's something in here. I'm just looking at the wiki. It still broadcasts the 700 club. It's, it was contractually required with the acquisition. And these are things some, someday I might base a whole laser time on because I'm convinced that's how George Lucas has made it. So we can't see the original versions of his movies, the holiday special in his contract. He's like, you can, you know, you can never show these again. Um, or I won't sell. And that's what Pat Robertson did. And I think they're they're finally free of the 700, 700 Club, if I'm not mistaken. I but, think, yeah. Uh, but for about 20 years after the acquisition, they were still required every day to, to air the most right-wing conservative program in between Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> yeah, they had to throw a disclaimer around it and yes. like, disavow their connection with it. Like, yes. yeah, this just appears here. Because it was like bought it. from a Christian network, and it was – and there's, you know – to their credit, there's certain things they care about more than money, and that's their message. And they will sell it to you, but you got to air this forever. Weird. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But this is a freeform promo from 2015 when it's just like, fuck formats, this is what we'll air. And I, it's harder to cringe at this. Just let me remind you, in the visuals, there are Facebook uh, thumbs up and thumbs down in this promo. It makes me cringe. Freeform means no boundaries, but the good kind of no boundaries. Not the kind that leave you screaming, boundaries, dude, when your roommate walks around your apartment without pants. I'm talking about the good kind, where you make up your own rules and anything is possible, and everyone is appropriately clothed. Anything is possible except for cursing. And, <laughs> and inappropriate clothing. And inappropriate clothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that 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 I, I I feel a few years from now, I will put that in the category of from the generation who used to take acid that now has to take an acid. <laughs> That's how that freeform promo will 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 feel. But like, you know, with television the way it is, I don't fault anybody. Like, do what you have to do to stay alive. At yeah. this point, well, and some 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 people like barely drift like amc started it, it literally stands for american movie classics yes. like it's supposed to be classic movies they mm -hmm. they drifted to prestige television which you can at least see like that's a similar audience you know they those, i, those I left that out watch mad men i left that out because uh shout out to amc they have a streaming service where they do really have a lot of good classic stuff and when christmas and halloween comes around they really do buy up all the unpopular classics and play them both on the channel and on demand in a way that most stations I don't think will do in the future. I like what AMC does. And I, and I think their, their um, prestige television, Mad Men, I, I, I have a, I've said this three times today. They did make Breaking Bad, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Never, yeah. never seen it on AMC. And, and <laughs> the walking say, again. I'd, li the I'd like to again. give a shout out to AMC for Low Winter Sun. That was totally worth yeah. making me sit through in order to watch the next week on Breaking Bad yeah. promo. Is that how they worked it? You would have to. Have that to... is how they worked it. That was wow. like the, it was in like the last season, and it was just like everybody's tense. What's going to happen? It's like if you want to find out what's happening next week on Breaking Bad, watch Low Winter's Sun, oh. and then it would show it afterward. So they they wanted you to sit through their new show. Not a great endorsement yeah. for television. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no. Yeah, but they're they're an example of like they started to drift, and then they course corrected. Like, nope, nope, our audience likes this. Like, it's scripted. We do scripted programming. We're not going to go reality TV. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, because it doesn't always what, well, what we said at the top of the show. It doesn't always work. In fact, it probably works 
you know, less often than it you know, succeeds. And too too many I'm networks sorry. had a had a taste of blood with that 2007 writer strike, and they're like, oh, reality yeah. TV is cheap and does really well for us. What did we ever need writers? Oh yeah, for? yeah. It's uh, yeah. it was kind of a double edged sword because they essentially taught 100 channels how to work without writers. And like, yeah. uh, but the the editors aren't on strike. We can make this into something interesting. And yeah. here we are. And like, and and when you look at reality shows, like ah, it's all reality shows now. It, it to them, it's just original programming. It's what they can afford. Everyone wants their Better Call Saul, but that's expensive. And it's you're betting on an unsure thing. And uh, television, man, fucking weird. I don't know. Yeah. Channel drift. I what I what I one thing I left pointing out, but I want to point it out now to any QAnon listener listening. MSNBC. Do you have any idea what that MS is for? Microsoft, isn't it? It was a collaboration between them. It's micro. The same people telling you to get vaccinated are the ones putting the Surface chips in your blood. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Microsoft. It was a collaboration, and it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. NBC wanted to start a CNN, but like, we also want a computer presence. Who do we reach it out is, to? Yeah. Um, well, and, and like, literally, Microsoft was responsible for the web portion of the news, which hadn't happened in 1996. That channel, by the way, which I remember, was called America's Talking until like 95, and then it became MSNBC. So and NBC, not knowing anything about creating a website, teamed up with Microsoft and like we will have the news simultaneously on TV and on the the web and it was a novel thing at the time and since then like any Microsoft (laughs) sorry conspiracy theorist is gone from MSNBC they are just you know your left-leaning Fox News which are not equivalent or even worse. Just shut up. Uh, but it's annoying at best, but it's not dangerous for the country. We've gotten to the point where like, yeah, the new, the websites are an integral part of a lot of cable news networks, yes. but some even like Fox news, the website is still right leaning, but it's not as wacko right leaning as like the TV network. Like they, they they're, yeah, they don't, have this like association. Don't look at it, yeah. but there's still like regular oh, news that is like, uh, yeah, that, that that counts as like Reuters AP. All right, good job. Um, I tell you guys, sometimes I'm like, I just checked Fox News to see what they're talking about. It is alternate world yeah, over there. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's weird, man. Yeah, well, I want to know. I mean, like, did, they, they have their they have their news division, their opinion division. The opinion division tends to get a lot more attention. The news yeah, division makes, is also right leaning, but until fairly recently, they were at least you know trying to do their jobs decently well. All I right. guess I should look into that. Did were they founded by News Corp as the Fox News, or were they acquired that they used to be some other channel? No, they like, were always an example they were always right? Murdoch had a vision with Roger Ailes to make Fox News Fox News. Yeah, yeah. and I remember when Fox News first arrived, like they were kind of trying to hide the conservative slant, and it was just like we're going to report on. It was like Vice, we're going to report on the stories that other channels won't, and and very quickly it just became all like these shows where talking heads were screaming at each other yep. and nobody got in a word edgewise and it was ratings gold and for a while all cable news became that yep. and i couldn't you had watch to follow it suit for a and long you have, time. now you have tucker i'm just asking questions and like when mm-hmm. he when he says that one ask him if he's vaccinated he hasn't said yet two mm-hmm. uh you have 
a million dollar budget to pay people to ask questions and hire people to bring also, them on. And wasn't that answer Glenn questions? Beck shtick? <laughs> yes. If I'm just oh, yeah, asking questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. like that's, that's a common shtick of people on the right. Like playing devil's advocate is sort of mm. their deal when they're the actual devil. Like you're yeah. not playing devil's advocate. You're just being a fucking devil. Dude. Yeah. Have you like, like not, I swear it's going to sound like terrible out of context, but when you watch John Oliver, he's trying to answer questions. You're just asking things in the air with no evidence, and you have experts at your behest and producers and people who can call people and have a doctor on. Don't just ramble. It's it's a professional show. And I think we might have just drifted this. Uh, we yeah. drifted this <laughs> show. <laughs> My bad. Oh. bad. Patreon.com slash laser time. Um, yes, now ask them for money. I know. <laughs> like I said, if you're conservative, you don't believe in the arts or charity, so I don't care about offending you. But <laughs> <it's> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is uh like yeah, channel drift is is an interesting thing to talk about. And and uh which which channel at the end of the day do you think has drifted the most? Um, if we can get to the end of this, we can cap it off with that. I mean, is, is there an answer here or you just want our opinion? I want your opinion. Yeah. Like which one, I, like, I, I, oh, cause I, I, there's, one, there, there's one that, that they, the whole world stood in obstruction of, and that was the weather channel oh, because yeah, it that. was 10 yeah. years ago. The weather channel started airing movies like the perfect storm because like, Hey, guess what? People don't turn on their television into the station to check the weather dynamically. They use our Weather Channel app, which, if you also read about, is one of the biggest data breaches of all time. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> because the Weather Channel app was collecting your data, and they sold it to a lot of shady people. Um, but the Weather Channel like, um, was going to start, made a really big push for original programming. And, uh, and, and I believe DirecTV said specifically, like, we will not carry you unless you just deliver the weather. We can make a station that shows the fucking weather. You have one purpose, be the weather channel. And uh, they try to drift, and it's, yeah, the one time I can think of where, where everyone's like, stop, don't, mm. or you don't exist. Uh, but but the driftiest, which one do you think is the driftiest that we talked about so far? I think it's MTV, again. Yeah, like that, I can't that see a way around that. station has uh, basically defined itself by drift over the years. It has become, it becomes a different thing for each cons consecutive generation. I don't know. I think I, I got to go with... Um... A uh, history channel. That's probably that's uh, that's where I was gonna go. MTV disappoints me because like how much I used to love it, and I I know I, maybe I've grown out of it, but like I didn't grow into Teen Moms or My Sweet Sixteen either. Fuck that shit. I was watching MTV till I was like thirty, and uh, <laughs> I'm not watching that garbage. But History <laughs> Channel, like history, should never be uninteresting. You should always find yeah. a way to present history well. Uh, there's plenty of podcasts that fucking do that. Hello. Thank you, um, but 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 uh, yeah, that the, they they abandoned uh, talking about history, and I think abandoning talking about history has led to a lot of people not knowing what the fuck is going on and not recognizing yeah. fascism and uh, authoritarianism when they fucking see it because we yep. have because they they lack that his thing people like griots used to talk about for like fifty years up until this we don't want another Hitler yeah. and then we it, almost had a lot one. of. Uh, it is weird, though. A lot of the learning theme channels, now that I think about it, we already talked about the learning channel, even Discovery Channel, even A&E is supposed to be like arts and, you know, centric, like learning. 
they all have got it's like people don't like learning anymore like they've all gotten away from that shit and no, are just no, I, I left i left now. discovery alone because like discovery was a pretty vague and like they ran mythbusters for like 13 years and yeah i thought that was great i thought that was amazing i learned new things about science all the fucking time even though when they were trying through the vessel of them trying to see if a cell phone can explode a gas tank, I learned about how cell phone waves work and I learned about gas works um, when it's clouded And and discoveries. I want to say it's a little like that. Like you were, you are still discovering things. It's never been Hmm. uh, Nat Geo. That was the one I left off the list. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. National Geographic channel is all Disney owns them now, right? They do, but it's still like, um, it's all reality show garbage, and they created a, a National Geographic channel called Nat Geo Wild to have a nature station again because, like, they've mm. abandoned that. And and like you yeah. know, God forbid, like that was my only access to like free porn when I was a very little kid. <laughs> Nat Geo. Yeah. National Geographic's so weird to contemplate in retrospect. The National Geographic Society, like that, now as an adult thinking about that without like the immediacy of being familiar with those magazines, like just sounds like. This is some Victorian explorer society where a bunch of men with big mustaches sit around in oak paneled rooms talking it, about. The I'm not going to obsess over a. I'm not going okay, to obsess over a comma. It it, it's a white comma with a yellow background. That's all I'll it do. It feels like a colonialism magazine. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, you know, we're like. <laughs> my my dad only recently removed his like really big. Uh, Nat Geo collection of magazines, like it was displayed in his living room, like huge, 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 huge. Um, Loved them. Every time I wouldn't eat my peas, I get showed someone in Africa is starving in a Nat Geo magazine. Um, But yeah, let us know what we missed Um, under the the article. The Laser Time Facebook community is a great way to do that too. Uh, I'd say Twitter, but I'm not checking that. Patreon.com slash Laser Time is a way better way for me to see what you're saying. And even then, it's a crapshoot. But um, but <laughs> but hit up the guys at VGA. They they they're ready to answer your stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At VG Apocalypse on tri- Twitter, we mm-hmm. we we'll take we'll field laser time questions. Why not? <laughs> but I, I love not? I love conversations like this where we talk about this have the state of me. One of my favorite things we ever we've done recently on VGA was talking about the 3ds and like launching a portable system at, after the first smartphone. Like that was crazy. And, and and being able to contextualize all that, it's it. Sometimes it feels nice to have been around a while, because <laughs> th- th- <laughs> yeah. this kind of topic requires you to have like lived a little bit. Because I don't know what the future of TV is. Because the idea, like you tell me, I tune in. Isn't the idea to keep everything on the internet is is to keep you there as long as possible? How is showing Grown Ups two twice in a row? supposed to keep someone on the channel there as long as possible you're ignoring the the real purpose the reason you want people there as long as possible is to sell ad space Mm. to keep your network running and yeah it it makes me wonder like what's the future of these channels like if people aren't tuning in you can't sell ad space i guess yeah they they do run ads on streaming networks. maybe it's like like, oh we've got it we've got enough inventory to support one movie and so let's just run the same ad inventory on the same movie twice and people yeah. will drift in and out. I, I and, swear, uh, like, and if they're depressed, they're st- they'll stay for both, the whole thing. The, the, the biggest cable channel and the worst YouTube channel are about to completely overlap in a Venn diagram at this point. <laughs> um, it's, it's, God damn, it's all about to get very strange. 
Um, yeah. But check out Video Game Apocalypse 30 2010. Um, don't subscribe to cable at this point if you haven't already. I hope this hasn't been an endorsement yeah. of any kind. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and if you like, obviously, this show, this episode came with a healthy dose of nostalgia. If you like nostalgia, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Check out 30 2010 games where we oh, talk yeah. all about the games oh, yes. from 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, we really do a deep dive on those old ass video games. We should be doing a spoiler cast about Resident Evil 5 by the time you hear this. Um, well, so. eight, or eight. But yes. Well, five. <laughs> wow. Um, it's confusing because Village had that, that V. Yeah, it was, like it was the, v. the V. I made the same mistake the like v, a week ago. The V did it to me. Which, I, by the way, you guys were like, no, no, it's not eight. I was watching trailers and literally they fade in the eight and hold it for two no, seconds. No, 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 no. I was, I was saying that Capcom is being coy and saying like, it's not eight. It's called Resident Evil Village. It's not eight. Well, and yeah, like, they can be coy I, all they I want. literally just finished the game and saw the, the V I I I I fade in first and they still, it's not the title of the game. It's not, yeah. it's not RE eight. Oh um, boy, if I could just have a channel of those puppets that they're using to advertise that game, oh, that'd be a good it. channel. Japanese puppetry. Woo. That will net where's that channel? It'll never die. That's what I'm saying. And we were we were talking about because I worked at a be, Japanese company for a while. Castle and that, like just alternate. You know what is totally stable? Japanese television, because almost all of it has been for 30 years, people twitch reacting to everything. Let's look at this YouTube clip with a studio audience. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's that way true. forever. It's been it's <laughs> this, man, yeah, this man's about to wet himself. Yeah, Let's but it, all watch and but, see if he does. Like, like at least Tosh contextualizes things and makes jokes. There's seven <laughs> panel guests here and they just, they just sit here and experience things. It looks like a giant bomb stream with like, like so many faces around a YouTube video. But Chris, I want to see the way that pop icon giggles at that person's misfortune. You know, it's just important. <laughs> we, we should all, please, patreon.com slash laser time. Let us move to Japan before this whole American experiment collapses. Um, it'd be great. I would love to live there with the foliage in the games. I, I, I promise I'll dress up like Cosmic Kiryu every day if you yeah. move us to Japan. I'll wear that fucking gray suit with those oh, shoes. Please extradite me. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will see you next episode. Peace.